Welcome or welcome back to Both Sides of the Barricade. This is the first episode of season two, and we have a very special guest, Paige Duddy, aka Zylo. She's a singer-songwriter based in Los Angeles. She's released five EPs and countless singles. Her most recent Outsiders Club came out in November. Stream it now. And Paige, is there anything you'd like to say before we get started? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on, and it's good to see you again and talk to you. I hope you're doing well. Oh, thank you. Yes, you too. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I like to start the episodes with a little bit about like how I know the artist if I've met them or seen them in person. So I guess we'll start with that. It was all the way back in 2016. Uh, you opened for. The I, I do remember, but it was so long ago. Yeah, like, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> no, same. I, w- I think I was 17. And now I'm 21, so that was the feel. It doesn't feel long ago for me. Oh my God, you're still so young. Yeah. How old was I then? Oh, I think I was 21 then. Wait, 2016, almost five years ago. Yeah. Uh, How old am I? Yeah, I was 21. That's so weird. I was 21. I'm still getting used to the fact that it's 2021. I'm like, okay, this is a lot. (laughs) But yes, so you opened for The Naked and Famous. I remember I went to that show with my dad. We love The Naked and Famous. It was the first time I was like super into the opener. Yeah, that show was, I was really nervous for that one because it was at Hammerstein Ballroom, right? Well, it was the Philly show. So Union Transfer, I think. Yeah. Oh, you went to the Philly show. Sorry, I thought you went to the New York one. Okay, wow. Now I need to remember that. Um, anyways I was probably nervous for all of them because that was my first tour and like I was just so inexperienced but um it was so much fun like oh I wish I could go back to that I know I remember having so much fun at that show because it was I remember we got there right before the doors opened and at that point I was like one of those people who wanted to get there hours before doors so I could be in the front row but I was yeah yeah yeah. it'll be a chill like show whatever we'll just like hang out in the back because I was I was sure there were like a million people there already and we ended up being in the front anyway just because it was I think it was just an older like demographic so they weren't waiting yeah. all day in line um so I ended up like that totally is true yeah having no problem like snaking my way to the front um I remember standing next to like I think a married couple so like they were definitely it was definitely oh like an older demographic than I was used to but great show I yeah I feel like we were definitely like a younger uh band to have as an opener for them yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean I didn't I didn't think so because I remember the naked and famous I had seen them before And then I remember them being on like MTV, their music videos would be on MTV. So I just like assumed they were like, you know, they had a younger demographic, but it was definitely like right in between like me and my dad's age was like the norm. And I was like, yeah, totally. But yeah, so I can, uh, I can imagine that your demographic is a lot younger because even now I see people more my age listening to your music. It definitely is. It definitely is a bit younger. Um, And I was used to like, well, I hadn't done that many shows before that tour, but the ones that I did do was opening for like Oh Wonder, mm-hmm. um, if you know who yeah. Oh Wonder is. I love them. And their demographic is really young, not yeah. really young, but you know, around our age and yeah. they're like screaming fans and, you know, they sing along and um, a lot of them knew who I was too. So it really just like, it was a different vibe. I was used to that. So um, definitely the Naked and Famous is, um, crowd was a bit like more mellow I just say yeah nothing wrong with that but (laughs) so I'd love to know a little bit about how you have a relationship with music and how you grew up around it because I know your family's very musical so if you'd like to say a little bit about that yeah um I grew up in a really um like musical family you know my my uncles were in like a rock band 
um, in the eighties called Toto. And my grandpa is like a, or bless his soul, RIP. He just passed away this year, but, um, he was like a famous jazz drummer. And so I just grew up in that environment, constantly going to shows, going to jazz clubs and, you know, really like absorbing it all as a kid. I didn't really think that I would be a musician. Like I wasn't, I loved music and I was such a fangirl of so many bands and artists and stuff, but, um, and I secretly wanted to be up there and doing that when I would go to shows, but I didn't really have the confidence to do it. Um, because I never really like studied it as a kid and everybody in my family studied music and they were just so knowledgeable and were such amazing musicians. And I didn't really have kind of any of those, qualifications, I guess. Like my brother went to school for it. A lot of my cousins did like whatever. So, um, I didn't know I wanted to do it until later. And then, um, kind of once I started writing music and like actually recording and stuff, then I was like, okay, I think this is something that I really want to do. And I think that I actually, you know, am talented and I know that I can sing. Um, and then I really got into it and like went to school, got a like vocal coach and like took it really seriously. Yeah. And you um, said, you said fangirl. I'd love to know who you listen to <laughs> as a, like a young girl or a teen as well. And oh my God. Know. Well, when, I, when I was like really young, I mean, it's not embarrassing, but you know, I listened to like Hillary Duff and like Ashley Simpson. Those are like what got me into like singing actually, just like singing those albums and being in my bedroom, just like belting them and kind of being like, Oh, I actually like can hit those notes. And like, I'm, I I have a voice. I'm not like tone deaf. (laughs) Um, and then when I got into like high school and kind of the earlier days of high school, I was more into like indie alternative music. Um, like I loved Modest Mouse, Radiohead, Muse, um, Vampire Weekend, that kind of stuff. And then as I got a little bit older and started like, you know, all my friends loved going to like EDM, like kind of raves, I guess. Yeah. You know, we, we were, I was into that shit. I was into like going and dressing up and like, I don't know. I mean, obviously not so much now I'm into that, but it was like a fun thing to do with For your sure. friends in high school. And then of course, like rap music. And I, I was in a rap earlier than that. Like I'd say middle school, I was super into it. And then I still am, but that was also something that was big in high school. My first concert was a Hillary Duff concert. It definitely was. It was the, it was the best day ever. It was the yeah. best day ever. Um, and then, I mean, I, I had gone to like gigs of, you know, my family and oh. my brother and like so many random th- things when I was younger, but that was like m- my first concert where it was like, okay, we're buying you a ticket. Yeah. You're going to go like, we're going to take you out of school early to like drive up there. And like, you know, the whole experience yeah, that when a- you're young, you know, I'll remember that forever. Um, and, and then I think when I got into high school, was I even in high school yet? Maybe I was a freshman. There was this like artist. I don't know if it's like a rap group, but Tech Nine. Do you, Do you know who that Sounds is? Familiar? Yeah, I think so. It's like I haven't even listened to it in a long time. But anyways, I mean, he was rapping about like murdering people and stuff. <laughs> and my mom like took me and all my friends, like drove us to LA. And I remember I like 
was smoking a cigarette in front of her. I was like so young and my mom, my mom, it must, my mom must be crazy, like thinking about it now, but um, she was always like the one to take me and my friends places. Mm -hmm. She was like the cool mom. Um, So I remember that. And that was like such a fun experience because she took me and like a bunch of guy friends and like a couple girls and like it just felt like oh we're going to LA and like you know everyone everyone in this like venue was like smoking like blunts and like I don't know we were we were really young to be around that and obviously that kind of stuff was so like taboo back then still like you know smoking weed and in a club and stuff like that (laughs) um so I remember shit like that and then I don't know, just like then from there, you know, going to music festivals and Coachella, Outside Lands, yada, yada, yada. Oh, the best. The good the old best. days when we could do that. I know. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So weird. So how would you describe your um, life as an artist now? I mean, obviously it's very different now that we're in quarantine, but where you are as an artist or in your career. I mean, it's been kind of a roller coaster for me in my career. Um, you know, the the band started as a duo with me and my brother, and then he left in 2017, mm-hmm. I th- believe. Um, and then I was still with Sony, and then I left Sony, I don't even know when, 2018, 2019. Um, actually, it was 2019, I think. And that was like a big change for me because, you know, I was doing everything on my own then. And But it ended up working out in my favor, like honestly, the best thing that's ever happened to me. I wasn't happy there. And I was, I'm so blessed for that opportunity, but you know, I feel like when there's that big of a change in the band, there's just a big change in everything and, um, uh, no hard feelings, nothing like that. But I just feel like creatively, like as an artist and as a person, I grew so much from not being like with that label. And I was kind of able to make, you know, my own decisions and put out things that I actually wanted to put out. And I still like think that, you know, it took time for me to kind of go back to what I really wanted to sound like. I feel like there's some songs even on like the pretty sad EP, which is the first EP I put out as an independent artist was like, there's some shit on there where, um, you know, I don't love it, but it was still good for me to be able to make all those decisions myself. And like a lot of people didn't like, any of the songs on those EPs. Like I'd have my managers, well, old managers, but, and people on the label literally not even respond to me when I'd send them songs and stuff. And like, and then I was like, you know what? I need to do this on my own. And it worked in my favor and people reacted to it. And I feel like my fan base has grown a lot more since making those decisions on my own and doing it the way I want to do it. Um, obviously I'm working to like release my album with a label. Cause I feel like that would be the best thing for the album. But, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really happy where I am now. I have an amazing fan base who just like is so hardcore. They're like the most important thing besides the music. Yeah. I was going to ask you about your fan base next, like your relationship with your fans, because even yeah. I've noticed, like over the past couple years, like it's grown a lot. They just, you know, I feel like, like I said, besides the music, for me, they're the most important part of just this whole project. And I know that might seem obvious. Obviously, I'm nothing without fans, but I don't have like, you know, big PR, big marketing and a label pushing me. And like, they're the ones who have really kind of championed me and came through in the last like 
they've always been there, but it's really become sort of this like family of like discord and group chats and fan pages and playlists and them just like really, you know, all over the world in Brazil and China. And, you know, it's, it's been amazing to see. And I think it's really important to kind of was for somebody at my level to have that relationship with fans because they're the ones at the end of the day that care the most, you know? I've always sort of made an effort to like talk to people who show any interest in my music, like one-on-one and respond and talk to them. And then from there, like even at gigs, um, just I've even become like friends with fans that like where I text them and like, I have a relationship with them and fans that will come to shows and, you know, we'll hang out after. And like, I mean, I don't know if that's an appropriate thing to do with like random people. That's what you and I did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just, I don't know. I'm, I mean, they're just people who listen to your music are just regular people who like listening to music. So I feel like, and you know, they like what I have to say. So it's like, we naturally have a connection there. So, um, yeah, I love them so much. (laughs) Do you find with quarantine that it's been easier to keep in touch with some of your fans through social media or maybe harder because you can't tour? Well, I did the Outsiders Club, which was like, first I launched that sort of like fan club thing where, Mm -hmm. you know, people would sign up for free and they would just like get, we would just be able to talk more. And then I released like the EP after that. Um, But since then, I just feel like obviously everybody's on online now. Like there's nothing else to do besides talk to people online. And I feel like it's actually become kind of more of an, a closer relationship with them because of quarantine, because I'm talking to more people like across the world and overseas and people that I probably wouldn't be able to see at gigs anyways, because they're in Brazil or they're in Korea or wherever, where I'm not going there all the time, you know? So yeah, I feel like I've talked to a lot and, and met over the internet, a, a lot more people since this whole thing has happened. Yeah. And has it been affecting like you personally just being, I mean, of course it affects everyone, but especially living in LA right now, it's really bad there. Um, and how has that so affected bad. your you know, personal and career life? I mean, at the beginning I was like, oh yay, like some time off to just yeah, like of decompress, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to eat like gross food and I'm just going to lay in my sweatpants. And also then I was like, oh, I'm going to read more books. I'm going to learn guitar. I'm going to work out. And I actually did those things, but then it kind of, I don't know, it's, it's been like in waves of this is great for me. And then also like, holy shit, it's been a year and I'm, I haven't seen people like I've taken it so seriously. I also feel like we have way too much time to think now and I'll just be like laying in bed at night, just like a million things on my mind. Me thinking about every embarrassing thing I've ever done. Like, I don't know, just like it gets to you like being inside that long. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially in LA right now, like nothing's open, no outdoor dining, nothing. Um, And it's, like one in five people have it or one in whatever. So I haven't seen anyone lately because I'm actually like really scared (laughs) about it. I was, you know, a little bit more relaxed with it when the ICU wasn't so overwhelmed. You know, we would go and see our friends once we get tested, but now I'm just, I'm nervous for my, my grandma and like my parents and stuff like that. Um, 
but my grandma just got the vaccine. So hopefully that, you know, fingers crossed that everything will sort of, you know, get sorted out this year, but I don't know. <laughs> well, if it does, what are you looking forward to most about oh my know, God. slowly, but surely going back to normal, hopefully? Well, obviously gigs, yeah, gigs, gigs, gigs. I really just miss going to a, even a small venue that's just packed with people. Yeah. You can't go to the bathroom. You're like pushing through each other. Like I just miss all of that. Yeah. Um, I think we, we take it for granted, like being in a crowded room. Um, and obviously just seeing friends, you know, going out in the city, going to a bar, grabbing a drink, like going to a restaurant. I don't know, just things that the regular things that we would do that we can't do anymore. It's just, you miss them, you know? Yeah, me too. Especially being 21 I now, I feel like I'm like, Oh my God. Like, on well, that that's culture. the thing. It's like, I feel like so many, I mean, I'm still young as well, but so many like younger people are missing out on these like really important years and times of your life that like you should be, I know we're all going to be playing catch up after this, but I don't know. I just, I also feel really bad for like kids in school because these are like really important years to like socialize and like, I don't know. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Some of my neighbors, they're like in middle school and high school doing online class. And a lot of them are like, even aside from the social aspect, because, you know, they'll, they're very tech savvy, but yeah, they struggle with like actually learning because they don't have that one-on-one like totally attention anymore. So I agree. A try. I feel lucky that I'm at least in college where I'm, you know, finishing up my degree, but you know, I can take care of these kind of things on my own. How much time do you have left of just a school? I have, I'm, and then you graduate. Yeah. In May. Oh my gosh. So are they not going to have a graduation or like, what's, I don't know. Are they going to wait? Yeah. It definitely depends on how um, quickly they can get a vaccine distributed, how quickly they can plan for like a plan B or whatever. I think that we'll be able to walk. It just depends on how many people can be there, that kind of thing. Yeah. I I'm hoping that I can walk because last year a couple of my friends who graduated did not get to and I was like I can't do a virtual graduation not after four years (laughs) it's like at least save it for you know when everything does happen I don't know I think think they'll be able to pull something off so I'm totally but um so strange yes so we'll take a moment now to daydream about the future um how would you envision (laughs) your career going over the next couple of years, like any collaboration goals, any, you know, project goals, awards, anything like that? Gosh, yes. Um, I mean, I feel like short term right now, I'm working on my album, just like getting that done, making kind of the album of my dreams. I feel like I've, you know, been waiting my whole career for this moment. It would be my debut album. Um, And that's really what I'm focusing on right now, which it's going really well. And that's kind of the thing that's like getting me through all of this is like having something to look forward to work towards just like distract me from everything. Um, And then, you know, putting that out, I don't know, obviously release music this year, but I don't know the the goal was to put it out sort of at the end ish of the year. Um, but it's, I don't want to like waste an album on yeah. a time where we can't tour and we can't see anybody. And I don't know. I just, I feel really bad in a way for artists that have released an album in 2020 
I mean, I, I know that there's been a lot of artists that, you know, their albums have done really well, like review wise and like yeah. streaming wise, but you know, that's as far as it could get and you can't tour and you can't play like and do interviews or whatever. Um, so that's my goal now. And then I don't know, I mean, obviously touring again, I, I want to tour like the world and yeah. see like so many more places, you know, I've only really done like a North American tour. And then I did a London show, not last year, but in 2019. And that was just like, there's a whole other world out there. And like, I have so many more fans across the world that yeah. I'm just like dying to see festivals. My goals are obviously to play like Coachella and Lollapalooza and Glastonbury. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I always yeah, say it. I know, so I like always... American. Yeah. <laughs> Glastonbury. Um, and yeah, those are my goals and, you know, Grammy, but who knows? <laughs> that would be so exciting. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought 2020 was such a great year for music, like totally of just who released albums. And I did feel really bad because I, I mean, I had plenty of tickets even to shows that got canceled and I just felt oh awful. I feel like there was so much like momentum for so many different artists that got, I don't want to say lost because I mean, so many people had such, such successful years, but I mean, it is such a shame because I feel like, you know, by the time they'll be able to tour it, they'll either have another album out or it'll be like, people won't care anymore, even though like the diehard fans will, but the diehard fans will. And in a way I thought like, if we could, if people could tour this year, even at the end of the year, that those albums, you know, it, the anticipation of hearing that song live, people yeah. will still be like, oh my God, you released it like yesterday. Cause mm -hmm. I haven't heard it live and I haven't seen videos online and this and that, but just like the fact that touring is being talked about is not coming back until 2022. It's just like, holy shit, two years and uh, I don't know. It's, I don't want to believe it, but yeah. you know, my, I, I have a theory that not even a theory. I'm just hoping that there'll be some gigs at the end of the year, like last minute gigs. Yeah. And, but who knows? Yeah. Even small who rooms. Knows? I'm like, I will well, yeah. do whatever. Just people being like, all right, it's safe. I'm, I'm doing like one random headline yeah. gig at blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. I have some questions now for you. Okay. We kind of talked a little bit about, you know, your influences or your favorite artists when you were younger, but if you have any like specific musical influences. Oh yes. You know, it's Lana Del Rey Yes, <laughs> <laughs> is my favorite artist of all time. Um, and then there's so many, I mean, I love Casey Musgraves. I love um, an artist called Porches and then um, the Smiths, you know, I'm a big Morrissey fan. Those are some of some of my favorites. Oh, Lana. I was like waiting for us to mention Lana because, you know, I'm such a big fan too. I mean, like oh my, God. my Instagram is jtaylorldr, like for a reason. Oh so. my God. Oh my God. Is it? I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah. I've, it's been that way <laughs> since I started on Instagram. So I'm like, I can't change it now. That's amazing. It's my brand. No, don't change it. That's so, that's so cool. Yeah. She's, um, she's our, our mom, our queen. Yes. I'd love to know your favorite album of hers. Uh, okay it's right now it's norman mm -hmm. i just it is because yeah. it's new obviously um and then i don't know i mean like in the last month i got kind of back into honeymoon which i feel like is a underrated is. album obviously born to die is i feel like 
I, I hate when people are like, oh, my favorite like EP of yours is like the first one you released, but it's like the first album she put out is, I mean, it's iconic. So yes. <laughs> that's obviously like my, my favorite. It was like groundbreaking and yeah. changed like the culture of pop music. And I don't know, she's just, she's so fucking cool to me that yeah. I just, I love her. Yeah, no, I like to cheat and say that my favorite album is like the Born to Die Paradise Edition because I like to have. Okay, more. yes. <laughs> well, <would> that, that <laughs> is, I I just got. Oh no, that's Lust for Life. But I got the Paradise um, vinyl mm-hmm. just to listen to um, Ride because it's so good. It's so good. It's annoying, and the video is just like, oh, she's so, so cool. Like when I when I could say the entire monologue like word for word, like <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> like I was that like into that's it. like ten minutes long, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I knew like the whole monologue, like. It got to a point where I remember like being on Tumblr, there'd be like master posts of like all of her unreleased stuff or like, you know, her songs that she never put out and then like other like random snippets of things. And I literally had an audio of the monologue. Like I needed help. Like I was into it. Like (laughs) it was like, but I just remember it being so like the girls just weren't doing it that way. And still I'm just like, Still not, in my opinion. I'm always going to be obsessed with that era. Oh, such a good era. Yeah. Just everything about it. Just the videos were probably the best part. I mean, obviously the music, but those videos were fucking insane. Some of them. Um, I actually love all of her videos. I think she always kills it with her videos. She wrote, I think she wrote that monologue for Ride. I think she wrote that herself. I'm excited for a new album though. Me too. I really liked it's coming. It's coming soon. Yeah, I really liked Chemtrails, the song. I was a little nervous because I wasn't like, I didn't find myself obsessed with "Let Me Love You Like a Woman," but I think I just didn't give it enough of a chance. I feel like it was a bit understated for like the first kind of song from like a new era, but I think a lot of people love that song. Like it reacted really well for her, yeah. um, and. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I love it. I listened to it like a million times. I did like a little cover of it. Um, but I feel like Chemtrails just has something. I think it's more like the lyrics are more interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. And I also feel like um, White Dress, is that what it's called? It's coming out um, yeah, I think so. in at the end of Feb or middle of Feb. I'm really, she says, I listened to like some interview and she says that that one's really good. It's like one of her favorites, so. We'll I'm see. Excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I know. I'm such like, fangirls. <laughs> yeah, every time she puts out an album, I like revert back to like my Tumblr days where I was just like obsessed with her, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know. And it's just like amazing that she's still like, like there's been this kind of thing where like women, there's like an expiration date and I feel like it shouldn't be like that. And she, I mean, I, I just like totally forget about her age mm-hmm. because she's still so like, in with the the culture she just she gets it yeah she gets it so we could talk about her all day <laughs> yeah we, okay anyways let's move on because I then sound like I need help when I keep talking about her <laughs> um, okay what has your experience been making music over the past year have you found inspiration in places that you would have thought unlikely pre-covid yeah I I do I feel like like I said there's just so much time to think that 
I feel like at the beginning, it was a little bit hard because I was like, oh my God, I haven't gone anywhere and I haven't experienced anything. And like, what am I going to talk about when I've been inside for six months? Um, And I did write music, but now I feel like since I've been writing my album, I feel like it's been a lot easier for me to sort of like reflect and tap into a different emotion and sort of look at just the world that we live in and just who I am as a person and my flaws. I was worried it was going to be a lot of like pandemic, very outwardly (laughs) about the pandemic, but I feel like so many people are writing such like introspective music now. And it's very much about like themselves versus like relationships with other people or like just living life, like partying or whatever, Um, which I of course love those songs anyway, but um, I really like when people write introspective music because I find that that relationship with yourself produces like that's all I write about I feel like well and that's great (laughs) I know um well yeah because it's like uh I'm in a relationship so it's just it's also kind of hard for me to you know write about breakups and heart being heartbroken and stuff like that um so I kind of do have to tap into just everything I'm going through the shit that I'm feeling what I like and don't like about myself. I, I do like that uh, that people are writing different styles of music right now. I feel like a couple people have literally written songs called like quarantine. Like Yeah, just, that's why I was like, I don't need all ugh. this. We don't need to know that we're, we don't need to be reminded of the fact that we're in fucking pandemic and we're in quarantine. Like, yeah. please, please no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this, like I've, I've been seeing it the past couple of days, but people, I've been seeing a lot of like memes and TikToks even about like sea shanties, like, and I don't know why, but like those like sailor songs, ah. like, like, pi- like songs that pirates would sing. And I just keep <laughs> will make content about it. And I'm like, this is hilarious to me because like, like I remember, I think Jimmy Fallon sang like a version of Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo, like oh. shanty, and that's probably why. But like, it's just so weird, like seeing like sea shanty content. Like, <laughs> okay, wait, you have to send me this because I haven't seen any of that. <laughs> it's like so weird. The yeah. internet is so so weird, and I love it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, all I'm down to hear some new sea shanties. Like, if people want to start making, yeah. Like, <laughs> but. Um, okay. So in your opinion, what is the benefit to releasing EPs versus a full album? I feel like you touched on this a bit, but if you have an advantage to it. I mean, for me, it's just sort of in a way stalling a little bit to put out like an album, but still being able to create sort of like an era and like a world that those songs live in. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I feel like there's less pressure with an EP. Yeah. And I like I like writing like a group of songs, you know, and putting them out together and and kind of having its own like world that that lives in and then you move yeah. on from it. I think I'm just nervous to put out an album. I want to more than anything, but I feel like for me, it's just, you can only do that once is like put out your first album and it, it has to be perfect and... I don't know. I think my expectations are just really high. So I've just been waiting and I, and putting out these EPs has like allowed me sort of time to like grow as an artist and, and kind of really like tap into my sound and what I want to say. And also just like aesthetically, like sort of get there. And then I feel like I'm kind of there now and I'm ready to, you know, do it bigger. (laughs) 
that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like an album. So, but I feel like even yeah. the EPs, that's such a, like a little like treat to like keep the fans going. Well, yeah, at, like, keep like, them fed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Who knows? I might release another EP. It's also just easy to, you know, an EP could be four songs. It could be six. It could be seven. It's just easy to be like, okay, I wrote a few songs. Let's put it on EP. then with an album it just needs to be more I don't know you need to create a world it needs to be more songs um and I also feel like the quality needs to be better not that I'm not striving for great quality in the EPs plus it's just such a big like marketing thing like you want your album to be like a huge endeavor so I totally get that yeah um, I think, oh yes. Is there anyone that you would love to collaborate with musically or otherwise? I don't know if you're interested in like fashion or anything like that, but if you have any dream collaboration. Oh, fashion. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to collaborate with Prada or something like that. That's like a big, a big dream. Who else would I want to collaborate with? I mean, like, it's like hard. Drake. Is that, is that too like absurd? No, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> That's like my ultimate, I don't know, I just love him so much. And I feel like we can make like a really, like his kind of more moody, like sad boy shit. I feel like we would make something good. Like, I, yeah. always, I always like to think of like weird collaborations that I think would sound really good. Like, and I know you love Blackpink. I feel like you and oh, yeah. make something sick. So <laughs> Oh yeah, I would love to do some K-pop stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That, that's probably definitely in the future. Yeah, for sure. I see that happening. That'd be so cool. Ah, doing the videos. Amazing. Oh my God. I'm obsessed. Lisa, she's just like kind of my style icon. I think she's like literally the coolest, the coolest person. She has the best style. That's kind of how I like discovered them is because the picture for my I Don't Want to See You Anymore cover I don't know if you remember, it's like a like red backdrop yeah. and there's like a blue-ish, I don't know what I'm doing. My eyes are closed or something. And all these people were commenting on it. I don't know if it was on YouTube or something. And they were like, she looks like Lisa from Blackpink. Like, is this Lisa from Blackpink? And I was like, who's Lisa from Blackpink? And then I was like, oh my God. At the time she had blonde, like long blonde hair. Right, and now yeah. I think she, it's like black and short. She always changes her hair too and it looks so good every time. But yeah, that's kind of how I got into them randomly. And then I was like, wait, these girls are so cool. Obsessed with everything about them. I just think the Korean like music culture and like their fashion is just so next level. I love it. I love them. I like their album coming out last year. I was so excited for that. Um, I love their comebacks. It's just so big. Everything they do is so huge. So I know, I know. It's it's so interesting. Did you watch the documentary on Netflix about I them? Did, yeah, kind of sad in a way. Like, yeah. I feel like it's it's hard work, but um, it paid off. They <laughs> they're like huge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you see them at Coachella? Did you go that? Year? I didn't go that year, but I watched it. I watched the live stream and yeah, oh, that was so cool. I mean, I was even like just sitting at home. I was like, whoa, this feels like a moment for them. You know, I mean, it was the first like Korean artist and, and girl group to play at Coachella, which is, I, I think, amazing. They oh, Coachella. <laughs> yeah, they did serve. They did serve. <laughs> 
okay. Last question. Uh, how do you yeah. feel about pop music today, about the industry and even like TikTok's yeah. impact? Like, I feel like a lot of people are talking about the effect that TikTok has on the charts, on everything. So I'd love to know your thoughts on that. I mean, it's something to definitely like get used to. And like, you know, I feel like there's always something new that's happening. There's always a new app. There's always something that we're going to need to like they adapt to I'm not like fully used to it yet I love TikTok and I'm on it every single night but as a like creator yeah it's definitely something that like I'm not born to like be a internet sensation (laughs) and make like content like that so frequently yeah but I'm I'm getting used to it you know it's that's the world we live in and I actually think it's amazing for unknown artists and independent artists and people making music in their bedrooms that was sort of going on when I released music with like SoundCloud and Hype Machine and like that kind of stuff. So many people were making like bedroom pop and they're getting record deals because the internet just is a crazy place. And, um, but I feel like this is so much bigger than that. And I think it's amazing the opportunities that it's like bringing to people and even bringing to so many like other older, like big artists artists and like resurfacing these old songs that you know were hits and now they're hits again it's so interesting sometimes I feel like me and my friends like when we talk about it I feel like I sound like my parents did where it's like it was so much different like when (laughs) in my day but uh yeah just need to become like a chameleon and do my thing yeah it's I feel like there's a I feel bad because I feel like there's a pressure with um musicians artists to adapt to TikTok because it is such like a great tool for marketing and everything but even I like I've never made a TikTok I don't know where to start with that you do have to just like know how to use it and I'm sure I could figure it out but I do I feel bad because I feel like there's definitely a pressure to um be on TikTok I do too and I feel like they're I had to like surrender to it and be like, all right, I'm going to do it. Um, But I do kind of feel, not feel bad, but it's weird for certain bands where you see like they're on it and it's like, that's just not what they're supposed to be doing, you know? But it kind of feels like that's the only option right now is that you have to put your music out there and you have to try and make some sort of video or get people to use your music on that platform for it to do anything at this point. Music is only being translated and growing and blowing up on TikTok, it feels like. And then it's like, they push you on Spotify and they push you on Apple. And it's kind of an awkward thing to see some other bands and artists where you know that's not their niche and they don't need to be making weird, embarrassing videos. Yeah, (laughs) And I feel that way about myself too. It's like, it's definitely not weird for me to be making videos, but I don't feel like that's the type of artist that I am. And I don't know, I'm my own worst enemy. So I hate making videos and being like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, who am I? Yeah, no, I feel you. <laughs> that's the world that we live in. That's all I could say is it's always changing. There's always yeah. going to be something that we're going to have to adapt to. So, um, okay. So for season two, I wanted to do this little song association game. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have a couple questions related to that, but you just answer obviously with a song you open your tumblr blog or myspace page um what song starts playing like what's your theme song so i put like my last uh myspace song mm-hmm. uh it's disparate youth by santa gold was i think my last like before i stopped using myspace that was the song love that song still listened to it the other day happy and a song that makes you sad oh do a song that makes me sad first uh 
the greatest by Lana in on on Norman. I I don't know why that song when I listen to it in the car it just makes me really emotional. There's something just about the melody and whatever makes me cry sometimes when I'm in my like my feels. And then a song that makes me happy uh, is literally "Laugh Now Cry Later" by Drake or or Pop Star. I was really those were my songs. I actually think that that song or was it Popstar, was my most played song of 2020 on my Spotify. <laughs> oh, really? I just like, it made me feel good. Every time I was with my friends, which was not often because of the pandemic, but we would just put that song on and I knew all the lyrics and I just could sing the whole thing. And I don't know, it's just like a, a feel good song. Oh my God, my, my most played song of 2020 was so sad. Like, what it was, was it? It was Moon Song by Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, you love her. Yeah, I love Phoebe. And that was my favorite song off of Punisher. And I just like overplayed it like crazy. And I just listened to Punisher last night, the album. Yeah, it's a classic. It's it's really good. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah, she's one of those artists I was like so upset I couldn't see. Um, yeah, that's week. kind of who I was thinking of when I was talking about like, just I feel like she had a really big moment last year. And I just, you know, it just sucks that she couldn't like play gigs because I feel like that's where she really like, she's amazing. I haven't seen her live, but I've watched videos and it's just, she's obviously incredible. So yeah. Okay. So what is a song that you grew up listening to that you think shaped you as a person? This was kind of a hard, a hard question for me. Um, I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin and like the Beatles and stuff like that with my dad. Um, and Led Zeppelin is my dad's favorite band. So I'd say Fool in the Rain is a song that I listened to a lot and just kind of got me into, I don't know, I, I felt like I really connected to that song. Mm -hmm. And then as I started listening to like pop music, Britney Spears, Toxic is the best pop song ever written. So yeah, that shaped me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's hard to like think of one thing that's like literally changed your life. I, I can't, I'm sure if I like went back and listened to all the songs I listened to when I was in high school, there's probably one that would stick out, but that's my, my short answer. Yeah. I don't know what I would say for it either. It's, it's a hard question. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think if I was put on the spot, I would probably say like video games. I remember hearing that song and just being like obsessed right away. Of course. So but I don't know. It would take me a minute to think of like, I was trying to go back to like when I was way younger because mm -hmm. I was, I was like 18 when, or no, I don't know how old I was when video games came out, but I feel like I was too old to say that that was something that like <laughs> I was listening to when I was <laughs> growing up. No, I know. I, I think another one was probably like misery business by Paramore. Like, oh yeah. Younger. Like definitely one. So there's plenty of course. What is a song that you think sounds better live? This could be anyone, like any artist. This is also a hard question, but I feel like, I don't know if it uh, sounds better live. Just is great live, like translated perfectly, if not better live. Um, there's a few. Uh, I'd say Liability by Lord was amazing when I saw that because she like sat down and like was singing just kind of with the crowd. It was very intimate and she sounded amazing. Um, you don't get me high anymore by Fantagram. Another one. love them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when I saw Glass Animals, uh, is it gooey? Mm -hmm. That was like went off live. So I'm so jealous. Loved that. 
Love that. And then any Drake song from his concert. <laughs> I'm just such a fan girl of his. That was probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. But it was, I had like amazing seats. I was like at the front. So it was definitely once in a lifetime experience of like seeing it that up close and just like the energy and I don't know, the show was so good. So good. Saw Dua Lipa at a really intimate, it was actually called No Name in LA. And it's like a private club. You have to like know someone to get in. It's kind of like for industry and like people have like showcases there and stuff like that. Um, And I went and saw her do like a acoustic sort of show there. Was it acoustic? I feel like it was like semi, it was a really, really tiny stage. She just, I also had seen her somewhere else in LA at a venue, like with her full show. And I just feel like she sounded so good in that like intimate setting. Cause you could really like hear her voice shine. And like, obviously her voice is amazing. And that was like, I don't know. I think she sounded, that was kind of right when she was started basically she was not nearly like she was on the come up um she was buzzy and yeah I just say those are I'm sure there's more but those are some songs I just I love already and I listen to all the time and when I saw them live it was it was perfect I, I was just gonna say I'm jealous that you saw Glass Animals because Dreamland was easily like one of my favorite albums of last year and I want to see them so bad as well. Um, oh, I, I saw them a few years ago at Coachella. That's where I saw them. And it was just like, it was a really good set. And I didn't realize like how young their fan base is. It's very much like a college fan base. And yeah, I mean, it was just really good, really good energy. Like everyone was just, I don't know, it was so fun. In terms of like songs that are better live or like translated really well, I just think about like who I saw that was really good live. And honestly, whenever I think about that, I think yeah. I think of the weekend. Um, because Ooh. he's like insane live. Like I just I've never seen the weekend live. Yes, well, you have I to love him. he comes back. <laughs> oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, because he is just like I mean, I love his music anyway. And then I, I bought a ticket to see him in like Atlantic City. And oh wow. I went alone. And I was probably, I think, a senior in high school, and I went to see him, and I was blown away. Like, I wasn't even in good seats, but he just sounded amazing. The energy was great. So, and I've seen him a couple times since I saw him at Lollapalooza. I love him. Yeah, so I'd say him. And then ending with a pretty difficult question, what is one of your favorite songs of all time? I didn't prepare myself for this one. (laughs) Um, Favorite song... If it's going to be a Lana song, it would probably be Off to the Races. I always say that when people ask me. Yeah. I'll say that one. I'll say that one. Yes. That's a great pick. <laughs> a great pick. Anything from that album, honestly, is a great pick. I know. It really is. It's like, I can't really boil it down to one, but yeah. I'll just say that one because no, it's, that's it's iconic. But thank you so much for playing my little song association game. Oh, yes. My, my last little thing is I like to plug like my current favorites so if you have a current favorite artist that you're listening to or that you're excited about or an album I just realized I didn't prepare answers for that so I'm just gonna try to be off the cuff with that but if you have any please share um I do actually I just discovered um a new band spelled like salts s-a-u-l-t but I believe it's pronounced sue hmm. um and it's like a female singer she's amazing and my favorite song 
um, by them right now is wildfire. I, it's wildfire, wildfires. Um, and it's just amazing. I've been listening to them and they released, they're like a brand new band that just put out like three albums last year. And I'm pretty sure they're nominated for a Grammy. Oh, and wow. anyways, yeah, they're amazing. You should listen to them. Um, it's really interesting that they're kind of like anonymous in a way. People have like theories of who they think the singer is, but it's not really been confirmed yet. So. Oh, wow. So it's like they're anonymous. Like Yeah, like the, the artwork is just like, they sing a lot about like police brutality and stuff like that. Um, wow. It's the, the songs are really good. Yeah. Um, yeah and her voice is just like unreal. I feel like you like um, them because she also kind of has like, she has like a jazzy voice, beautiful voice, beautiful voice. But I feel like that song is a good kind of like intro into yeah. the music. I think for me right now, I mean, what am I listening to? Oh yeah. Yeah. What are you listening to? Um, I mean, I mention her every episode. It's so, it's so bad, but I am like obsessed with Baby Queen. Um, and she just released a new song called Raw Thoughts, which I'm very into. Um, Baby Queen. I don't know who that is, but I love that name. <laughs> she's a London, like alt pop artist. She's oh, cool. amazing. I think you'd really like her. Her lyrics are super like satirical and very like smart. So she's great. Cool. Um, obsessed with her. And then I've been listening to Ash Nico's new mixtape. Oh yeah. Dropped. I love her. I haven't listened to the mixtape, but I do really like the new song. What's it called? Deal with it. Yeah. That one's great. Yeah, I really like the song Toxic on that one. Um, okay, and, I need to listen to that. Yeah, and then Driver's License, of course. Like, everyone's listening to that song. But, yeah. <laughs> but I love that one. So, so, yeah, I think that's all for me. Uh, you can listen to Paige's recent EP, Outsiders Club, and the rest of her discography. Because if you're not listening to it already, what are you doing? And you can follow her on social media. You're at Zylo everywhere, right? At Zylo everywhere, yes. X-Y-L-O. Very easy to remember. And with that being said, you can follow Both Sides of the Barricade at Both Sides of the Barricade on Instagram at BSOTBPod, yes. the acronym and then pod on Twitter. Um, we're on Facebook now. Very exciting. <laughs> Woo! And then you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JTaylorLDR. This episode is available on Spotify and iTunes. You can watch it on YouTube. Please follow, subscribe, like, download, rate, comment, all of that. Thank you so much, Paige, for being Aww. here. I'm Thank so you so much for having you. me, Jordan. Of course. And with all that being said, thank you all for listening and I'll see you. Thank you. I had so much fun. Bye.